With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This season, DraftKings has launched the largest best ball tournament in DraftKings history. Right now, you can enter into DraftKings best ball tournament for a shot at over $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes. Make your entry into the draft today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the NFL season without having to worry about managing your roster, waiver wires, and all that other stuff. To start playing best ball, download the DraftKings app using code FANTASYPROS. Enter DraftKings Best Ball Millionaire Contest and snake draft your team for the season. Each week, you'll automatically rack up points from all your top scorers. No ads, drops, trades, or I should have played them instead. Teams with the most points by the end of the season will have a shot to take home the $1 million top prize. So what are you waiting for? Head to the DraftKings app and sign up with code FANTASYPROS and start playing best ball today. Join the DraftKings $10 million best ball tournament only on DraftKings with code FANTASYPROS. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined today by a couple of Fantasy Pros experts, Pat Fitzmorris and Derek Brown. Guys, we are here. It is officially August, which means it is officially fantasy draft season. It is, for some people, the most fun month on the fantasy calendar. It is also one of the busiest. So we will jump right in. Today, we're not running through player rankings. We're not talking about any one player subset. We're talking about strategy, and specifically, we're talking about zero RB. It's become one of the more popular strategies in fantasy football over the last decade. So consider this our sort of definitive guide to the strategy. Andrew Erickson did do a short-form video on the YouTube page on this topic a couple of weeks ago, so everybody should check that out as well. We wanted to dive a little bit deeper here with the group of us and have a real conversation about is it worth doing zero RB in your drafts? So we're going to jump right in and we are going to dive deeper. Like I said, off the top, I do want to start with just kind of for the beginners or the uninitiated, what really is zero RB? And Pat, I want to start with you and ask, I mean, it's sort of inherently obvious, right? It's you're not really drafting running backs, but what specifically does it mean to you? Is it you're waiting till round 10 for a running back? Is it just not taking one in the first three or four rounds? How do you define zero RB as a strategy? Well, let's start with a quick history lesson, Ryan. We're actually coming up on the 10-year anniversary of the zero mm-hmm. RB strategy. Um, Sean Siegel of Rotoviz, one of the co-owners there, great analyst, sharp guy, very successful high-stakes player, published an article in 2013 in November called uh, 
zero RB, anti-fragility, and the myth of value-based drafting. And the year Siegel wrote this article, he won more than $200,000 playing uh, using that strategy in the NFFC primetime main event. And here's how Siegel described the strategy in his article. Zero RB is basically what it sounds like. You simply don't draft running backs in the high leverage rounds. Depending on how a draft is progressing, I will draft either one high upside running back in round four or five, or I'll draft none at all. My preferred lineup after five rounds is to own one tight end and four wide receivers. I then focus on selecting potential breakout players, the receiving back in timeshares, and backups in good offenses. So basically, you are prioritizing the pass catchers and fading the running backs. And, uh, you know, we can get more into why that strategy may or may not be prudent. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a popular strategy, but also a polarizing strategy. And I know a lot of people ridicule it, uh, you know, just out, off the top of their heads, basically thinking that running backs are the engines that drive fantasy football teams. They might not be wrong about that, but, um, you know, there are reasons why maybe you don't put all your eggs in the running back basket. Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly weren't wrong for many, many, many years in the early days of fantasy, which is why that's kind of ingrained in our consciousness. You know, everybody remembers a time when drafts would start with basically 12 straight running backs to kick things off. And and then you really get into the other positions. Debro, how do you see the goal of zero RB as a strategy? I mean, the goal basically is to sit here and to take advantage of the fragility of the running back position in the sense of like the higher injury tendencies of that position. And also we got to bring up the scarcity of just true workhorse running backs because the NFL is changing, guys. Like what we've seen over the last few years, this is supposed to take advantage of the fact that more of these NFL teams are moving to committees. Like if you look at 2008 to 2011, an average of 11 running backs per season log 250 or more carries now fast forward that to 2018 since 2018 that average has dropped to only six running backs a season so we're looking at like over the entirety of the nfl the workhorse bell cow running back is almost becoming like a dying breed and so not only are we taking advantage of the running the nfl changing the running back landscape but as well as these high injury types or at least that position is more volatile for injuries if we're taking advantage of both of those things at one fell swoop yeah that's all zero rb is man yeah that's uh d bro kind of nails it here and um running backs are intrinsically uh unstable assets or at least less stable assets than wide receivers and i would prefer to make my heaviest investments in more stable assets I mean, we routinely see running backs taken in the mid to late rounds of fantasy drafts emerge as impactful performers like every year. And we know it because, uh, you know, there are bidding wars in fab where some guy pops all of a sudden and is getting, you know, people spending 70, 80 percent of their fab money on this running back. It's far less common, far, far less common to see wide receivers come from out of nowhere and become very impactful. At wide receiver, you generally get what you pay for. Um, and just as an example of this, in 2022, nine of the 12 wide receivers with an ADP in the wide receiver one range, so one through 12, nine of those 12 finished top 12 in fantasy points per game at the position, half point PPR scoring. Uh, two of the other three, Mike Evans and T. Higgins, finished 13th and 14th. So they just missed the only guy 
uh, to finish outside the top 14 with an ADP in the top 12 was Debo Samuel, who was 25th. And for sake of comparison, seven of the 12 running backs with ADPs and running back one range finished top 12. Uh, Tony Pollard's ADP last year was RB30, and he finished RB7 in half-point PPR fantasy scoring. Jamal Williams' ADP was running back 53, and he finished RB8. So you don't get as many of those big surprise guys popping and finishing top 12 at running back. And, uh, you know, receiver, generally, those guys are, are pretty good bets to provide the return on investment you were looking for when you drafted them in the early rounds. Yeah, so also adding to Fitz's point here is that we're looking at, and, and, and I love the point that Fitz brings up here in the sense of you don't see wide receivers like hopping up here and commanding these massive target shares, but, or people blowing their fab on them. And this all kind of goes back to it, Worm, is that like, we believe that targets are earned and that is a reflection of talent. So yes, you're not going to be able to find these wide receivers late in, late in drafts that are going to earn 25, 27% target shares. But can you find running backs that could fall backwards into because of injury and such? And I'm not saying the similar talent, but not that far off of when they're in there garnering volume and snaps that can get 200 carries because of said injuries. Yeah, that's a lot easier to find in drafts and yearly than any wide receiver that you're going to find later in, in, in drafts just because of the talent level of those guys that could command even a 20% target share. So we're laying out the case for zero RB strategy. What are the cons to this argument? What, what are the ways it can go wrong for you, Fitz? Definitely, if you don't find anything, uh, you're basically giving yourself a chance to get lucky at running back. You might not get lucky at running back. You know, you might um, spend down and you might get what you pay for. You might get a lot of garbage production at running back. You can try to work the waiver wire. You might get outspent on the players you want to try to acquire or the guys you uh, think might be solutions on waivers turn out not to be. So, yeah, like the risk is that you short yourself at running back for sure. One of the best ways to try out new strategies like Zero RB and get a feel for how your team can turn out is to use one of my absolute favorite fantasy pros tools, the Mock Draft Simulator. Practice makes perfect, so get all the reps you can with the Draft Simulator at fantasypros.com slash simulator. You can test out Zero RB or any other popular fantasy draft strategies like Zero Wide Receiver, Late Round QB, and more. In the simulator, you can see how player recommendations work specifically within your league settings, and you can even try out your own custom draft plan. Our recommendations re respect the strategy you're testing, while still factoring in your cheat sheets rankings it's the perfect tool for practicing any approach you want before draft day again you can find the draft simulator at fantasypros.com slash simulator so guys is this sort of an overarching strategy that you would apply if you wanted to try it out to any league or does this work best in certain formats does it work better in smaller league formats where there you might be easier to find a running back later does it work better in deeper running backs where or deeper league formats where you can really take advantage of having these superstar wide receivers and tight ends that you would have if you don't draft running backs early. Does it work better in PPR versus standard? Debra, what's kind of the setting that you most see yourself using this strategy in? I mean, I think you can apply this strategy to any league, to be honest, Worm. I mean, to me, zero RB and the, and the drafts that I find myself leaning into that type of strategy, I'm just going with the flow of the draft. So if I'm drafting tier-based or I'm drafting based off of like, 
my running back rankings. If those dry up or there's a massive run in round four, round five, and I don't get my, you know, if I'm, if I went wide receiver heavy, then that's fine. I'll just sit here and take what the board has given me and I'll be liquid in the draft. So I think if you're looking at it, like you can apply this in every, every format. And specifically, I think if we want to drill it down more, I think that in smaller leagues, you can create possibly a little bit more of an edge because, and and I've been hammering on this in the discord out on social media, basically to all of our fantasy pro subscribers that if in those smaller leagues, I want to be elite because everybody is going to be starting all-star lineups in smaller leagues. I want to be elite at onesie positions. So yes, I want obviously a top three, top five quarterback. I want a, an elite tight end in those formats. So in those formats, yes, because of the, it is condensed and some guys in 12 teams or, or even 10 teams, like 18 or 10 team formats, I want to go elite at those onesie positions because players are going to fall. Just because of the fact that the league is smaller, you're going to get guys around two later because less players are being selected. So you can get running backs a little bit later, but in those instances, I maybe prioritize zero RB a little bit more depending on what the board is and where I'm drafting from. Pat, what do you think? I agree with Debro that you can use zero RB in a wide variety of leagues, but I think there are two particular settings that really encourage zero RB. Uh, one is PPR, full point PPR, more so than in standard. I think it works better with full point PPR. But the key one, I think, is the number of wide receivers you start each week. And most leagues require you to start either two or three. If you have to start three every week, I think the strategy works really well because you are, um, you know, you're you're aiming to have overwhelming firepower at wide receiver. And when you have a start three receiver league assuming you're also starting one quarterback and one tight end and one flex. So that's like eight possible starting lineup spots that aren't kickers or defenses. You could start half of those guys, uh, half of the guys in your starting lineup be wide receivers, not counting those kicker and defensive spots. So if you load up on firepower at wide receiver, um, you're going to be starting a bunch of those guys every week and pretty happy with the results. And, and that's part of the appeal of the zero RB strategy is to win the race to the flex. When you're just attacking wide receiver early in the draft, your fourth receiver is going to be better than a lot of people's third receivers and even second receivers in some cases. And you can flex that fourth receiver and just destroy people on that flex spot every week. Guys, it's time to look ahead to the future with our Here's to What's Next segment presented by Miller Lite. We're using this segment to look ahead and celebrate the future stars of fantasy football by talking about our favorite sleepers. Since today's show is all about the running backs, I want to put you guys on the spot and ask about an interesting name this season, and that's James Cook. Debro, I know you are very excited (laughs) about James Cook this season, so I will let you go first here. Give me your hottest take on James Cook this season. Top 20 running back, baby. Lock it in. Forget it. Uh, I'm here for him to sit here and rise up the boards. What do we want? And I keep I keep preaching this, and, and social media loves to push back on this. He's discount Jameer Gibbs. He's a breakaway run running back. He's going to be used in the passing game. We have red zone concerns. So does Jameer Gibbs. But you're able to get James Cook at a far cheaper price. And a lot of these zero RB teams, 
James Cook could sit here and be balling out for you because exactly what Pat was talking about. One guy's that catch passes if it's PPR leagues. I love James Cook this year. I think he's going to crush. Fitz, where do you come down on James Cook this year? Yeah, good way to describe him is the arbitrage Jameer Gibbs. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's actually a really good zero RB target. Um, although he might fall out of that pretty soon when people start catching on that he has been running with the ones consistently in Bill's training camp. Like the, the reports are pretty uh, unanimous that like James Cook is clearly the guy and Damian Harris is a complimentary guy. With a Miller Lite in your hand, summer doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. That's MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. So, guys, in talking about zero RB, obviously, if you're not drafting running backs, you're drafting the other positions earlier, whether it's one of these premium quarterbacks, whether it's Travis Kelsey, or whether it's the position that it most likely is, you know, more often than not, wide receiver. So I want to ask you, is this specifically, when you look at the player pool, is this specifically in 2023 a favorable year for the zero RB approach? And the reason I ask is because I'm curious about what you see the depth as at some of these other positions. Fitz? I think it is. Um, and it's funny, Worm, a lot of people talk about um, how deep the wide receiver position is. And I think that's like the biggest myth in fantasy football. And yet a lot of people <laughs> buy into this myth. And I'm, 
I'm always kind of stunned by how many people think it's deep. Granted, yes, there are 32 teams and uh, a lot of them use three receivers regularly. So there's a, a large player pool. But in 2022, there were only 29 receivers who played at least 10 games and averaged double digit points in half point PPR scoring. Only 29. Uh, there were only 32 wide receivers with 100 targets. There were only 26 receivers who scored more than five touchdowns, and there were only 21 receivers who had 1,000 or more yards. So it's not that deep a pool. Yes, there are a lot of warm bodies, guys you aren't going to be feeling great about starting, but as far as quality wide receivers who you feel good about having in your starting lineup, it is not a deep pool at all. Deber, what do you think about this year's player pool? I love this year's player pool for zero RB. There are so many talented running backs that you can get in, say, rounds 10 to 12, 10 to 13. Heck, even taking shots on guys at the end of your drafts. I think it's a fantastic year. And and just like Fitz is talking about, yeah, you can get a lot of wide receivers, but how many high-end guys that can draw 25% target shares or possibly creep up to six-plus receiving touchdowns, eight receiving touchdowns, how many of those can you get in drafts? It's not a lot, people. And even if I like a lot of the wide receivers in rounds five through six and stuff like that, and a lot of these rookies, we're going to hit on a lot of those guys. We're also going to miss on a lot of those guys. So locking in guys that can get 25% plus target shares, that list is a lot, lot smaller than people think. Who who are the positions you're targeting in those early rounds when you're not taking the running back is it just load up on the receivers is it are you gonna be one of the guys who says i want to get one of these separator quarterbacks like a jalen hurts or a josh allen who really do make a difference at the position even not in super flex leagues are you going for mark andrews what what is the position that you want to come away with let's say in your first five rounds how would you want to break it down fits I typically do want to get a top eight quarterback this year, and those guys are going in the first five rounds. Like if you want to get a top eight quarterback, you have to get them there. I usually don't get a top, uh, a premium quarterback and a premium tight end because I think it's it's too easy to short yourself at uh, both wide receiver and running back that way. So I tend to go either or. But you know, if I do, uh, I will occasionally get tempted by Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews and take one of those guys in the first two rounds. So, um, you know, zero RB definitely emphasizes the pass catchers. So, uh, you know, maybe getting one of those premium tight ends is, is the best way to kick it off. Deeper, what's your breakdown for the top five rounds in an ideal setup for you? Uh, in an ideal setup, I'm walking away with an elite tight end and I've, I've been very clear. My, my tight end uh, strategy this year is go for Kelsey Andrews or Waller or punt the freaking position. So one of those guys I'm going to sit here and take in Waller, you don't have to take in the top five rounds, but if I, if I expand this out to round six, taking Waller in round six is perfectly fine. So out of that, I'm walking away with one tight end. I'm walking away with an elite quarterback at round four or five, and I'm hammering the hell out of wide receiver in rounds one through three. I'm going to spring a question on you guys that we didn't, I didn't let you know I was going to be asking, but I just based on where we are in the conversation, I think it's interesting. How do you guys feel about hero RB, which is sort of the cousin to zero RB where you do take that one elite guy early. Maybe you get Jonathan Taylor late in the first, maybe you get Nick Chubb early in the second, not both of those, but you would take one of them and then not take another running back until like round nine or, or later. So if you're building out your, let's say, top five rounds and you have that one really genuinely, you can rely on them stud running back 
and then you hammer the other positions? Does do you feel better or worse about that than a zero RB approach, D bro? I feel pretty equal about both of them. I think they're e- they're equally viable, and I think that. All you're basically doing is saying, look, I, I only have to worry about one running back spot weekly. Basically, if I go here, RB, I'm I'm banking on this running back that I take getting into the top three or five running backs at the by the end of the season. He's going to be a, a top five back. That's going to be basically my my rock of Gibraltar. It's going to be the guy that never leaves my lineup. And all I have to do is figure out this one other spot because I've got wide receiver covered. I've got tight end and quarterback covered. All of those other positions are gravy. So the only thing I'm mixing and matching on a weekly basis is RB2. And like we talked about, there are so many good candidates that can break out or even because of injuries or in committee backfields that can help you fill that RB2 spot. That hero RB is just as viable for me in the year 2023 as zero RB. Fitz, give me 30 seconds on hero RB. Zero RB can be a really effective strategy, and I'll use it in a couple of drafts every year. But I use hero RB more often because I'm going to admit my anxiety levels get ratcheted up when I don't have a running back through five (laughs) rounds of a fantasy draft. And that's part of it. Again, we are so like it's it's just built into our brains that you need a stud running back or multiple stud running backs to win in fantasy. And I do think especially for people who have been playing this silly game for more than a decade, it is kind of hard to sort of you know rewire your brain to think in the way that you don't need to come away from the early rounds of your draft with that guy. Uh, Pat, let's stick with you and give me some actual names here. We want to talk about some running back targets for when you are implementing the zero RB strategy this season. Yeah, so let's remember what Sean Siegel said we should be looking for in our zero RB running backs. Potential breakout players, the receiving back in timeshares, and backups in good offenses. Antonio Gibson is one. I mean, a guy who, he's big, he's he's fast, he's a former college receiver, and he scored double-digit touchdowns his first two years in the league. So he's already established a, a pretty good precedent of success. Um, he's going to be the receiving back in a timeshare this year. Like that was J.D. McKissick for Washington in years past. McKissick is gone. And now they've got Eric Bieniemy rather than Scott Turner as the offensive coordinator. And uh, we saw Eric Bieniemy turn Jarek McKinnon into a really valuable fantasy asset last, last year. Granted, a lot of that was touchdown driven. But that's the nice thing about Gibson. I think he's going to have a bigger early down share of the load than McKinnon had for B enemy in the Chiefs last year. So uh, Gibson is one. Devon A-Chain. I've uh, bored Debro to death with my uh, Devon A-Chain. I was uh, waiting for it. I was waiting yeah, for it. Sermons. Um, and love him. Rookie who is a potential breakout player and maybe the likely receiving back in Miami since uh, Raheem Mostert doesn't really catch passes. And I think A-Chain's better in that facet of the game than Jeff Wilson. Um you know, A-Chain's just an exciting player. They didn't have a lot of draft capital, spent a uh, a day two pick on A-Chain, who's got 4.32 speed and really exceptional contact balance. I think he could be another work done. And uh, then a backup in a good offense. How about Jerome Ford, who replaces Kareem Hunt as Nick Chubb's primary backup in Cleveland, which has one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. And I'm kind of expecting a, a bounce back here from Deshaun Watson. So, Debro, I just have to ask, because A-Chain is the guy of these three that you are lowest on relative to where Fitz has them ranked. So I know you've heard Fitz make the case for A-Chain before, <laughs> but what's your case against here? Or, or in a zero RB strategy, are you maybe more interested in him? 
I mean, I'm interested in an A-chain, but I think that we're looking at red zone opportunities and the guys that, you know, are going to factor into this backfield. I mean, Jeff Wilson, out of those three guys with him and Raheem Mostert and A-chain, is the guy that I have ranked the highest because I think that he's the guy that I can pencil in. And he's also a fantastic zero RB candidate because, like Fitz is talking about, we're also diving into ambiguous backfields with some of these players. You know, I know that Sean didn't lay that out in his article, but like, that's also another key point here. It's like these ambiguous backfields, we need to be investing in some of these guys because just because everybody's the backfield's muddy and we don't know who's going to be the guy. If we're all tossing our chips into these backfields later in drafts and the draft cost is not as high. Yeah. If we hit on the right guy, Yahtzee, baby. Guys, we talk a lot about what makes winners on this show, and there's one thing all the teams, coaches, and players have in common, and that's preparation. Planning is key in everyday life, too, and a great way to be prepared for the unexpected is to join Air MedCare Network, America's largest air ambulance membership network. Air MedCare Network providers operate state-of-the-art helicopters that can respond to critically ill or injured patients who need emergency medical transport. These flights can be very expensive, but as an Air MedCare Network member, you won't see a bill for your flight only when flown by one of their providers. That's right, you would pay nothing. You can become a member of Air MedCare Network for just $99 per year, and right now, our listeners get up to an $80 MasterCard or Amazon e-gift card when they join and use offer code FANTASYPROS. That's FANTASYPROS with no spaces. Make financial peace of mind part of your game plan. Visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash fantasy pros. Debro, give me your RB targets for implementing the zero RB strategy this year. So like Sean kind of did lay out in his article, I'm going to hammer the point of good offenses to target with my three guys here. The first I got to bring up here is Rashad Penny, and I've talked about him on numerous shows I mean, really, it all comes down to Philadelphia was first in red zone rushing attempts per game last year. We saw what Miles Sanders did, top 24 running back. If Penny takes over the backfield, I get everybody's excited for DeAndre Swift, but Penny's already getting the first team looks in camp. He takes over this backfield. Yeah, top 24 upside is well within the uh, scope of where he can finish this year. And yes, I'm going to bring up he who shall not be named. Erickson is not on this show, so I get to sit here and stretch my legs a little bit. Tank Bigsby, baby. I'm going to keep talking about him, and you're hearing it out of camp right now. Targeting, one, a good offense, and two, the touchdown guy possibly in this offense. If he's going to get the red zone carries, we saw what Tank could do at the collegiate level. Over two of the last three seasons, top 15 in both elusive rating and yards after contact per attempt. The guy is a hammer on early downs, and if he gets the goal line touches, heck, even if he get, eats into some of the passing down work with ETN, he is going to be a fantastic target on zero RB teams. And the last guy, where we've talked about him a bunch here too, Roshan Johnson. Again, targeting good offenses, and yes, I think the Bears are going to field a good offense this year, as well as an, an ambiguous backfield. Roshan Johnson is I think has the most raw talent out of any running back in that backfield. And I know Khalil Herbert truthers don't want to hear that, but it's true as well as being a fantastic pass protector. The guy was 11th, 21st and 14th in yards after contact per attempt in each of his last three seasons at Texas. He's extremely talented. And if there's one guy I want to push the chips in that could sit here and take over that backfield, it's Roshan. Fitz, you are lower on both of those rookies. You're in lockstep with Debra and Penny, but in our current rankings, you're lower on both Bigsby and Roshan than Debra is. So of those two, 
Are you more interested in either of them in, again, a zero RB format, or are you still lower than Debro regardless of format? Here we go. Here's the Etienne love. No, 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 no. I'm uh, I'm coming up on Bigsby, Debro. I mean, I oh, was just oh, I was just oh. I was just on Sirius XM the other night with Bob Harris and Mike Dempsey. And Mike Dempsey is on the broadcast team for Jaguars preseason games. He's a regular at Jags camp. He oh. is he is getting lower on Travis Etienne. He thinks oh. Bigsby is going to cut into his load. Yes. Mm. I mean, he makes the point that they signed Dearness Johnson, re-signed Jamichael Hasty, and still saw fit to spend a day two pick on a running back. So he thinks mm. Tank is definitely going to eat into the ETN share. And, you know, Roshan, I do think it's going to be kind of a messy three-way running back uh, by committee in Chicago with Roshan, Khalil Herbert, and Deonta Foreman. Plus, we know Fields is probably going to call his own number in a lot of short yardage situations and uh, near the goal line. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I I think he could pop, but it might take an injury or it might just take Roshan being like miles better than Herbert's uh, and Foreman, which can't be ruled out. So I want to hear from you guys sort of how you have actually done zero RB in the past. It's obviously, in theory, it's an easy strategy to make the case for and to see how you can have some really high upside teams if it goes well for you. And like Fitz mentioned, you get lucky on hitting on one or two of those late round running backs. But how has it actually played out for you? Debra, what is your personal experiments implementing the zero RB strategy in the past? I've had some really good teams in the past. I mean, hitting on guys, um, whether it's been the Le'Veon Bell year with James Conner, um, other various running backs. Because look, even if we want to go back in time, Travis Etienne was not being drafted highly last year at least high enough to where you could build a zero RB team with Travis Etienne. But there's a lot of guys that we could go down the list of year after year after year that have broken out in a big way. Uh, Philip Lindsay also comes to mind where I've had a lot of success in season long formats, rolling out zero RB and I'll be doing it again, depending on how my drafts go this year. Fitz, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, meticulous about tracking the results of my uh you know fantasy football teams year to year but i can only tell you that i've had some good results with zero rb teams some not so good results but enough good results that i keep coming back to the strategy with at least a couple of my teams year after year you know i don't use it all the time as i said i'm a little more comfortable with hero running back than zero running back but uh i was in an fsga draft a couple of weeks ago and I did go zero RB. So it was the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association's Champions League, a 14-team league. I was picking 107. And after I started with Travis Kelsey in round one, I could just see that like it was going to be a really running back heavy draft with this particular group. And I'm like, okay, it, it seemed like the right chance to zag where everyone else was zigging. Um, so my first three picks were Kelsey, Devontae Adams, T. Higgins, and then I came back with Drake London in the fourth round. And I would have taken... Debro's guy, Christian Watson, in the fifth round, he went one pick ahead of me. So I finally caved and took my first running back in round five, uh, James Conner. And so I wound up with James Conner and Antonio Gibson as my top two running backs, along with Damian Harris, Kendra Miller, and my very last draft pick, Sean Tucker. So, um, But my fourth receiver, who I'm going to be flexing, is Chris Godwin. Like Chris Godwin is your fourth receiver, and he is, in fact, better than most third receivers in that league. So the last question I want to ask you guys is about risk management. And I always find it kind of silly when people talk about the floor of fantasy players because the floor for every NFL player is zero. Anybody can get hurt. It is a violent game. It is a game where injuries are built into it. And even the greatest players on the field 
can give you a zero if they get hurt. Having said that, running back clearly is the position that suffers most from volatility. It's the one that suffers most from the injuries. And it's the one that, as has been talked about a lot in, in general NFL media recently, has been devalued by teams financially. And you, we see a lot more, you know, Debra mentioned at the top of the show, a lot more of these committees, not just those rare, now rare workhorse backs. So when you're looking at kind of trying to manage risk by going zero RB and going for the safer positions, are you thinking more about injuries, Pat? Are you thinking more about the direction just the running game has gone in the modern NFL? What is the area? What is the factor of running back volatility that you're trying to avoid with this strategy? Higher bust rates higher injury rates than you see at wide receiver. And now, I mean, like the, the contractual thing that you alluded to, Ryan, like that's starting to become a concern too. Like when we get, if we get Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor back, like are they going to be incentivized to uh, bust their tails and go all out for, you know, a team, teams that they feel might be shorting them contractually. And, and that might just turn around and uh, at least in Taylor's case, give them the franchise tag again in 2024. So um, there's a lot of risk at running back, and it's it's certainly more individually at that position than you see a wide receiver. Debra, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'll just encapsulate this really easily. The NFL is valuing running backs less with more committees and contracts and such, so I'm going to value running backs less in fantasy because of the same reasons, man, because we can find guys that are going to have standalone roles from week one. And if those injuries strike, then, hey, guess what? I'm finding this year's Travis Etienne that takes over a backfield and carries me to championships. So if the NFL is doing it and they're using more split backfields, then we can grab the cheaper parts of this backfield. And if the other player gets injured, then we now have the RB one on this depth chart. I'm absolutely going to follow suit. And whether this is a redraft, a better, a bigger conversation about this also bleeds over to dynasty and how you're going to draft and build those rosters as well. I am prioritizing quarterback tight end wide receivers, heavy in dynasty formats over running backs. Because we see the position and he can flip, not even just playing in a two-year window, but a one-year window massively. So take all your shots on all these backup running backs, because if injuries strike, contract holdouts are going to become the new norm for running backs. Once they get into their second, third seasons in the NFL, you're going to be extremely glad that you've got like eight running backs that are one injury away types that could carry you during the season or the entire season to championships. Yeah, the three of us are in a dynasty league together. So Fitz and I could definitely vouch for Debro that he does not go for running backs in, nope, in this. I do not whatsoever. Uh, uh, Fitz, give you some sort of uh, final takeaways here. Are you going? Are you officially recommending zero RB as a viable strategy this year? Or like you've kind of alluded to and like I kind of feel it's like I still kind of want to get at least one guy just because, it, again, I can't change the way I think. And I'm I'm too established in the old old school way of thinking. What do you think about that, Fitz, as we wrap up here? Yeah, Ryan, I do endorse the strategy. I'm going to use it in some leagues this year, but you know, I'm going to play in like, uh, gosh, like 30 managed leagues this year. And I know most of our, our listeners are going to play in like, you know, two or three. So um, I understand if people are comfortable with it and prefer to go hero running back or a more conventional approach, but I do think it's something you should look at and realize that what does drive it is the fact that wide receiver is a much more uh, predictable 
and stable position than running back. And when you put a lot of your eggs in the running back basket, uh, you know, you can, you can get some spillage and have some accidents. Debra, wrap us up with some final takeaways. Are you recommending this strategy? Oh, I'm definitely recommending it. And I'm not telling you that I'm going to employ it like in every single draft. I think like kind of like Fitz is talking about the biggest thing that I want people to take away from this entire conversation is that you walk into your drafts without any type of set strategy, be liquid and watch how the draft unfolds. If, and and part of this is also, if you're doing all the mocks and you're using the draft wizard and you already have draft Intel and you're like, I know, I already know my league is running back crazy. Then maybe you do walk into the draft knowing that, which is why you should be using draft Intel. But if you're walking into a room and you don't know how that's going to sit here and unfold, be liquid, be willing to go zero RB. If the draft is pushing you in that direction, just take the value, man, because you could sit here and build up an insane wide receiver room and keep building. Because the other part about all of this that we need to sit here and highlight to people is your fantasy season is not done just after the end of the draft. You can make trades, injuries happen. You can pick up guys off of waivers. So if the draft is going that direction, lean into it and just take advantage of it. We'll wrap up there. That is the definitive guide to the zero RB strategy. Please, everybody, make sure to check out Air Med Care Network and DraftKings and Miller Lite and the Mock Draft Simulator for Debro and Fitz. I'm Ryan Wormley. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.